Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Praise God. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Genesis 2, 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. Today we're considering the second duty of loyalty. And that is the duty of keeping the church. God created the man, put him into the garden, and started blessing him. Then God gave him an instruction. Dress it and keep it. So when we say you are to keep the church, the garden, the ministry that God has given you, what does it mean? What it means is that we keep the garden with our services. It simply means the performance of your divine duties in the church of God. Again, we keep the garden by owning and running with the original vision of the house. God has a vision for his church and for you to be able to keep the church, the kingdom, we needed to keep the words, the visionary direction and principles that Jesus handed on to us. It's the same for his church as a macrocosm that if the kingdom of God is sustained by the principles and the words of Christ, which cast a vision for us, Every church that belongs to the body of Christ also has been given a vision and a mission. Praise the Lord. And we will look at things in a broader light. The original vision of God's church is to win souls. Mark 16, 15, and 16. It's to win souls. So it's supposed to be a missionary church. That's why I say, go ye into all the world. Praise the Lord. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the second in the vision for the church is to build churches, physical church building projects. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gate of hell will not prevail against it. So God is interested in building what? Churches. One of the churches that has done so well, most churches don't build. And the vision is for us to build. If we don't build, we will lose the territories God has given us. Because to build, you need to own a land, right? And the, the vision is for us to possess the earth which belongs to our father practically. That's why in the time of Joseph, Joseph, 
during the farming, he was taking the lands of people in exchange for food. So a church is not going to grow and become the church Christ wanted to be if the church doesn't become a property-owning church. And if we don't go into building church temples, then a time will come where there will not be a place of worship or a place for congregational worship. So, it's to own and run with a vision. Habakkuk 2, 3, 2, 2, and 3. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, we, are, we learn about how every vision, if it doesn't have runners, the vision will lie and the vision will die. So it's not like God is not talking. God has been speaking. But when there, in the absence of runners, God will look like he's a liar. As I said, the vision will not lie. The only time it lies is when we don't have people who will run with the vision. So somebody will ask that for a church like this, what is our vision? Can you give me the vision statement? First of all, give me the mission statement. To bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of what? Jesus Christ. First of all, we bring healing because this world is a hurting world. And every sinner, according to the Bible, is sick. So Jesus came for sinners. That's why we're bringing healing. Healing. And then we are bringing what? Transformation. So salvation itself is healing from spiritual sickness. Then after that, we bring renewal of mind. Transformation. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And when your mind is renewed, you know, in salvation, you have meaning to life. Meaning to life. For me, meaning to life is very deep is what it's very deep when you see somebody is committing suicide it means the person has lost meaning to life meaning to life is what gives you satisfaction in life hope in life so for somebody if the person is mundane and materially driven their meaning to life is in cars in houses so when a car catches fire or a shop catches fire. Because for them, what is meaning to life is their material things around them. For some, meaning to life means a husband. That's why they don't feel complete, even though Christ has made them complete. As long as they don't have a husband, they don't feel complete. But you are complete. So for such a person, when he has a husband, and then the husband, somebody turns the head of the husband small or something happens. They want to die. Because they live for that. It's a meaning to life is what you live for. It might not be a spoken something, but it's an unconscious innate, you know, it's an innate material that drives your living. Hey! Some people, they find meaning to life when people say, they, when people give them acceptance, unconditional positive regard. So when they are in a place where nobody is minding them, they feel like, <laughs> you know. So we, we give healing, transformation, and meaning to lives. And the real meaning is to find Christ. To find what? And seek ye first the what? The kingdom of God. 
and its righteousness, then every other thing. So in Christ, you know that God first and every other thing is an addition. So that our hope is not based on things that are seen. Our hope is based on that which is unseen. Are you following here at all? Meaning to life. So this is our mission. Let me see the mission again. Meaning to lives of people in different societies with the good news. Our tool is the good news of Jesus. The Bible. People in different societies. That's why we are not a tribalistic church. Different societies. So this is our mission. That is, we stand for this. How do we accomplish this mission? You know, the mission is the what. The how is the vision. The vision is to what? Let's read it together. One go. To fuel church growth through the innovative harvesting of souls and grooming people to succeed in life. Is it powerful? So first of all, we are bringing meaning, transformation, and, and, and healing to the lives of people in different societies. How? Church growth. We want to fuel church growth through what? Church growth. So this is how we are doing innovative harvesting of souls. That's why we do rep your team. You see me wearing Manchester t-shirt. You to wear your own is innovative. Sometimes I'll show Champions League match on our forecourt and they will come, they will watch, we'll collect numbers, we'll follow them up, we'll win some. Innovative. We'll go and do rap in the community. If you two, you can rap, come. And then as they are rapping, we go to church. Sometimes we do suya night. Yeah, all kinds of things, road shows. Yeah. So when you see us wearing our jeans and our sneakers and we are looking like rascals, we are not. Christ is in us. But there are some people until we identify with them, we cannot win them. And you know, you are too conservative and too cultured to win some people. So we are using innovative ways. We are using what? Harvesting of souls. Creative ways. And grooming them. Grooming them. That's why I'm going to spend time teaching now. Grooming people to succeed in life. The grooming. That's what most churches lack. That's why we have summarized the mission and the vision as experiencing Jesus, comma, birthing ministries. Full stop. So as you experience Jesus, you have come into Christ. That's the healing, the transformation, and the meaning to life. And when you have come to Christ, after experiencing Jesus, what do you do? You work for the Lord. Whatever ministry in you, you have to what? Birth it. How do you birth it? We groom you. Yes, it's powerful. So when you come here and we are doing what we are doing, don't think we are foolish people. No. By the grace of God. Class one, dear, it me You know? And the people around doing what they are doing, they understand where we are going. So when you understand the vision and the mission, you start what? Running. So the duty, the second duty of loyalty for every child of God in your ordained garden is to keep that church. Keep the garden. Keep it. 
God has given you a church. What do you do? Keep it. Human beings destroy the church more than demons. Because Jesus has already said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not what? Prevail. So when you see a church collapsing, it's not demons. Human beings. So that's, that's the general vision of the church. The third point for the general vision of the church is what we find at the latter part of our, our vision. is grooming or training ordinary people to work for the Lord. Grooming or what? Ordinary people. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Watch this. Watch, you see, my ministry, whatever you call me, brother, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, the title, the mantle is not in the title. There's no entitlement in the title. The, the title is not what makes me. These are officers. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some what? Pastors and some what? Teachers. These are what we call the officers in the body of Christ. Why were they given? Proud to this, he said, when he was ascending on high, he gave gift unto men. So these officers are gifts to the body of Christ. That's why I am gifted. But after availing myself and allowing God to groom me and train me to a certain level, I become a gift to the body of Christ. I myself, my hope is I'm gifted, first of all. Then when I grow well, the way God wants me to grow, I become a gift. The same way Benihin is now a gift to the body of Christ. To be a blessing to God's children. So why did he give all these offices? In the original rendering of these two verses, there are no punctuation marks like comma and all those things. Just wham. So, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, the offices have been given that the saint that comes in as a sinner, an ignorant person, will be perfected, praise the Lord, for what? The work of the ministry. <laughs> for what? For the edifying of what? The body of Christ. So the edification of the body of Christ is in the ministry that the saints do when they come in. So when the, as somebody says, I'm a prophet, he should be able to tutor you in the word of God, lead you into your purpose, groom you to fulfill your purpose for which Christ called you. Finish. Then you become useful at defining the body. You become useful. But if they teach you, it's like, when I do a question, go and collect the money. When I do, what, what kind of nonsense is that? That's not, that's not the work of the offices we have. It's to groom you. Who grooms you defines how you think and how you function. Yes. If you have a thief grooming you, yes, he will become your father in thievery, pilfering, stealing. Yeah. There are fathers in crime. The same way we have fathers in faith. But Christ wants you to be perfected as a saint. 
for the work of the ministry. Praise the Lord. That you be an edification. You see, when you see me, it doesn't matter how devil has pushed you down, you must come up. Edification means that you are, like the way a battery is charged. That's how when you connect with me, life okay, will enter you and then you will also come out. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? I won't talk you down. Some say, I don't think I'm called. The Bible says many are called. And the Bible calls the saint, the called out ones, the ecclesia. So you are called. In Christ, you have been called. They say you have passed from darkness to light. As a priest to express. Okay? So you are a priest. Being born again makes you what? A priest. Look at Revelation chapter 5 verse 10. I'm not the one saying it. The Bible says you are what? A priest. The Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. So it is in a church like this. Where we are not batting you by the riverside. That you will understand that. Oh, not knowing that I'm not supposed to be a church member forever. I'm supposed to graduate from just a normal congregation. That's why I said that. We're grooming ordinary people to do extraordinary things for God. Peter comes in as a fisherman, but he's not remaining as a fisherman. He will become a disciple and eventually an apostle. That's the that's, that's course. Of a child of God. Revel 5.10. Okay, First Peter 2.9. But ye are a chosen generation. Say, I'm chosen. So when the Bible says that many are called fear, are you not chosen? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous. Who believes that you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? So this scripture, it applies to you. You have been called. Say, I'm called. So somebody will be intimidating you. Hey, I'm the one who is called. No, you are also called. You are called. Revelations 5.10. You are called. I'm called. And has made us unto our God, kings and what? Priests. Why? And we shall what? Reign on the earth. Are we reigning in heaven? Is it on the earth? We are here. We are here to reign for God. You are a royal. You are a priest. In Christ, you have those, that dual office. That used to be separate in the Old Testament. There had to be a prophet and there had to be a king. In Christ, you are complete. That's what the Bible said. In him, ye are complete. You have uh, the two offices have been combined unto you in Christ. That's why when he died, the curtain was torn. Everything has become this is it's finished, it's complete now. Am, am I saying something here? So he says, uh, Am I called or I'm not called? Don't ask me that question here. In this church, it is a sin for you to ask that question. Whether you are called or you are not what called. You are what called. And some of you are having missed calls. You're called. Your first duty, the second duty of loyalty, is to keep the church. And in keeping the garden, 
you need to submit yourself to training. Yes. <laughs> to training. To grooming. We don't say it like that. We don't get angry with people. When you are ushering, smile. Yes. When you are there, no, most people, their faces collapse unconsciously. So know that you have a collapsing face. So when, because when you are not even angry, your face looks bonyo. So when you are there now, I say, hey, you are like a computer that is about to hibernate. I say, let me come alive. <laughs> no, so yeah. And you stand in the mirror and learn how to smile. Because when you if you don't learn how to smile, you drive people away. Your face is heavy. Hey, heavy. I'm preaching. Am I preaching? Is it a powerful message? Mm, the vision. This is a general vision. You have been called. Not every call will be spectacular. Like Moses having an encounter with a burning bush. That's a spectacular call. Like Brother Saul encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus. That's a spectacular call. Do you understand? Joshua meeting an angel saying, remove your shoes. Or Elisha, you know, having a towel thrown on him and saying, follow me. And then passing through Jordan, passing through Samuel, hearing the voice and all those things. Not me. When God called me, I didn't hear any voice. I didn't know what. Yes. I'm just telling you. Some people, they can tell you line by line where they were standing when God called them, what he said, the time, the hour, the date, the, and even when they went to heaven and came. Fine. I don't have a spectacular call, but I'm called. You understand? And most of the people who have spectacular calls, Krampono. In the Bible, watch. The spectacular calls are not many. How many people were called by a burning bush? I'm asking you. You have to answer me. Only one person. By the fireside. Mami Dokuno kind of call. Yes. How many people did God meet? On the road to Damascus. There are not many. It doesn't always happen. But he said that. This is a call. Act chapter 2. The spirit will come upon all flesh. Yes. And they will start prophesying. Whether it was spectacular. It was not Once it comes upon you. If you are a young man. See visions. And start what? Prophesying. If you are not man, dream dreams. That's your level. But the spirit has what? Come up. I'm teaching. You think I'm joking. But I'm teaching. I'm teaching more than the father you, you were listening to before. What I'm teaching you is liberty for you. Because you have been praying and asking, well, what's my purpose? Oh, what's my call? Oh, but I mean, am I called? Am I? You are, there's no miscall. You are called. And can a lady be a pastor? Can a man? What are you talking about? What are you even saying? Even in the Old Testament, Deborah was leading men. And under the new covenant, you are asking that question. Why do you attend Nakaba? Hey. 
You are called. Whether your face is fine or not. You are called. Paul, they said he had one kind eye. Apostle Paul. His eye was not nice. The eye will be looking this way. But he was so, you know, with that kind of twisted eye. He wrote about three-fourths. Yes. With that kind of eye. It's powerful. It was known that Apostle Paul was a short man. Hey. It's powerful. Your features, it's not the reason why. Look, the gypsies, are they not called? Gypsies, they are mostly not tall. Amazon, short, you see them, you think it's dwarf. But they are called. You see a gypsy power praying, blind eyes opening in the name of Jesus' power like that. Wow. Hey. I'm preaching now. The God who created you, he has called you. Your duty is to keep the church. Because the, your grooming is not going to happen in the nightclub. It's going to happen in the church. And if the church you attend, they don't have a program of grooming you, you are being wasted. You are being what? Wasted. This is a stadium message and I'm preaching to. Preaching to you. You are privileged and blessed. I'm preaching it. I'm preaching it. You should thank God for the privilege. Not every call will be spectacular. But your call is already miraculous. It's already miraculous. Yes. It's already miraculous. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It's already miraculous. It's powerful. I see you working for the Lord and no power can stop you. That amen didn't come out at all. It's powerful. So that's a vision. Is a church is a grooming, breeding ground. The ground for raising giant for the kingdom business. Yes. As for the bread, we we'll multiply bread when necessary. But after eating, what do we use the energy for? Is it not for the work of the ministry? Huh? That's why if you are here and you are not a church worker, oh, Oh, look at somebody say, oh. It's powerful. Keeping the church. You see, the real church is not the congregation members. The real church is the church workers. Tell somebody, the real church is the church workers. So in keeping the church, the fourth point or the third point. I think it's still the third point. Because I just gave you point number three and uh, um, the second point, actually. So, the third point, that number three, in keeping the church, what it means is, is that we keep the church by covenanting with God to return to the same place. To what? We covenant with God to return to the same place. That's how we keep the church. We keep the garden. 
Wherever Adam went, he was supposed to return back to the garden. In Genesis 28 verse 11 to 22, we are going to read it. Because, you see, if we don't return to the garden, a person has to be present in the ordained garden to execute the aforementioned duties, which is one, owning and running with a vision. And two, working or serving in the house. Do you understand? Working and serving. So even if you are a virtual worker, you belong to that house. You have to belong to it, the house. To be called a worker. There are backless bank workers who are physically at post in a particular geographical location. And there are other workers too who are at post virtually outside the physical location. But they are tied to that working company. Am I, am I preaching? So there is a covenant. It's if you say I'm keeping my church, this is my ordained garden. You have a covenant with God that Wherever I go, I will return to the same place. I will what? Yes. Look at Genesis 28 verse 11. And he lighted upon a certain place. He's talking about Jacob running away from his brother. And tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth. And the top of it reached to the heaven. And behold the angels of God ascending and what? Descending on it. The, the church, you have angels here. Even though we are here. And behold the Lord stood above it and said. I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father. And the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest. To thee will I give it. And to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He is now giving him promises in his ordained garden. And behold I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. And will bring thee again into this land. Will bring you what? For I will not leave thee until I have done that which what I have spoken to thee of. God said, I will bless you, you will go and all of that. But you see, conclusion of the matter is that I will bring you back. So God blesses you, makes you the CEO of wherever. Remember that this is your root. This is your ordained garden. This is where your roots are. That's why you are bearing fruit today. Any plant who recognizes its fruit without recognizing its root withers with time. Yes, because there is a root care that gives beauty to the fruit. Yes. But you say, oh, my fruit are nice. I don't care what happens to my root. By the time you know, the fruit that you are having, you know what Yes, it's not a nice apple again because instead of water going there, it's acid going to the roots. And because you are not doing root care, you are, you are receiving bitter, bitter root will give birth to bitter fruit. And I see you returning to this house 
no matter how far God raises you, you will always return. And your life will continue to be beautiful in the mighty name of Jesus. Nobody who has cursed you will succeed. They won't see their curse, Landon. Because the Lord has already blessed you. And in this house, may the curse be swallowed. Any monitoring spirit monitoring you, may the altar of God swallow it. And let the blood of Jesus be your protection. You are blessed. Shout aloud, amen. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. You have been listening to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keeper's House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Vawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 244 177 831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.